0: Welcome to the Farming Basics Podcast with Olivia Fuller. We'll have sustainable farming tips from growers across the state and extension specialists at Auburn University.
1: Today, we're here at the Ornamental Research Station here in Mobile, Alabama with Jeremy Pickens, one of the extension specialists who works predominantly on nursery and greenhouse crops, but occasionally works on Christmas trees. We have a growing industry here in the state and he does a lot of the research to help those producers out. So it's your uh, host, Olivia Fuller, and your co-host, Jacob Kelly. So Jeremy, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and what got you involved in Christmas trees?
0: Sure. Thanks for letting me uh, speak with you today. Yeah, so like I, you said, I'm the nursery and greenhouse specialist, and um, I've been at this gig for about six years. And Christmas tree production is kind of like a field nursery. And so we didn't, uh, when Dr. Ken Tilt retired, we kind of had a void with uh, extension and research efforts towards uh, Christmas tree production. And so, um, you know, I just just kind of was a natural fit.
2: I run into this question all the time where people are calling, they've got land, they've just retired, or maybe they're they're trying to find something to do. This happened a lot after the pandemic. People want to get into growing something. Uh, and quite a few of them call, and they want to get into growing Christmas trees uh, because they think it's as easy as, you know, just taking a tree and putting it in the ground.
0: So a lot of people, um, think that uh, growing Christmas trees is just planting the trees and uh, coming back in a few years and them. but there's a lot more to it than that. Uh, you know, you can commit a good bit of time to it. There's, uh, you got to mow the grass, you got to spray for weeds, you got to prune them two or three times a week, uh, I mean, a year, and that's very labor intensive. And then there's a pretty intensive spray program with fungicides.
1: You mentioned pruning them. I know you and I worked on a project out in Pickens County, and you were explaining to me like the pruning methods and how specific they are Uh, we also were doing a fertilizer trial do you want to talk a little bit about fertilizing the christmas trees
0: sure yeah that's one of the areas we're uh, working on right now because most of our fertilizer recommendations are from the 80s and based off virginia pine and really we're growing mainly leyland cypress right now and so um we don't have any great recommendations for leyland cypress as far as nitrogen goes but we know they respond well to it and so we're doing trials to see You know, uh, how do we optimize our uh, fertilizer applications to give us the best growth?
2: So what varieties are we growing in our state compared to North Carolina and the northern areas?
0: So that's a great question. So a lot of folks would assume that the trees that we're growing are going to be cut and put in lots, uh, and that's not the case. So a lot of the trees you see in Christmas tree lots and at the box stores Those are going to be furs grown up north, and we can't grow furs. They handle post-harvest very well. They have a long shelf life, uh, but we can't grow those here. It just gets too hot. So most, I mean, almost all of our farms are going to be what we call choosing cut operations. So where the client goes out, they pick out their tree, and either they or a farm helper will cut the tree down, uh, and they, they purchase it there. It's a whole kind of experienced thing. It's very uh, tied into agritourism. These guys have really embraced that and made it a part of their operations. Uh, So some of the varieties, or excuse me, the species that we grow Christmas tree wise, the primary one nowadays is Leyland cypress or Murray cypress. They're very similar. Um, We still grow some Virginia pines. That used to be the big crop. I'd say it's probably 20% of most folks' crops now. Um, Then you have a Several other, you know, minor species like Arizona cypress or Eastern red cedar or arborvitae, but those uh, those are kind of the main species we grow here in Alabama.
1: Oh, that's super interesting. I think a lot of people benefit from knowing what direction to go in if they're playing around with that idea. It seems though like it's treated kind of like all the other horticulture crops. It needs to be weeded. It needs specific irrigation requirements. Can you talk a little bit about both of those and how they're maybe. More unique to the Christmas trees versus other horticulture crops.
0: Sure. Yeah. You know, as far as um, you know, we control. That's a that's a big issue. So I, I'll step back a little bit and talk about kind of a, a goal we have, and this ties into the fertilizer project we talked about earlier. And that's to get to shorten that production time as much as possible. So there's we surveyed growers and using a benchmark of a seven to eight foot tree. Uh, We were trying to figure out what's the average uh, uh, duration it takes to grow a seven or eight foot uh, tree. And we got responses anywhere from two years all the way to five years. And, uh, you know, the faster you can turn over that crop, the more money you can make per acre. And so we're really we feel like three years is a very achievable goal for most people to get that seven to eight foot benchmark tree and uh, so that's kind of where our research is headed so you know with the fertilizer we're trying to uh, speed up you know growth some with that Uh, and as far as weed control by controlling the weeds we're also uh, freeing up that fertilizer that would be lost to weeds and that moisture uh, loss in the soil that would be lost to weeds so by you know getting the weeds out of there we can grow a faster tree and we're saving money on fertilizer. Um, And so we're working on uh, some stuff with that. You know, we're trying to get growers down to two or three applications a year. Some folks are spraying as much as six, but with the use of pre-emergent herbicides, uh, we think we can really uh, cut that back. But as far as irrigation goes, not many of the growers in Alabama use irrigation. And most of the time you can get away with it. This has been a year that's kind of put that to the test. It's been so dry this spring, uh, but a lot of people just kind of roll the dice and it works out with rainfall you know, um, in our state anyway, but every once in a while it'll, it'll bite you.
2: So earlier you mentioned sprays. Uh, what are we spraying for? Are there many insects or fungal pathogens that are gonna attack these trees and kill them dead, and you're gonna walk out there, and then you're gonna have a bunch of brown trees everywhere, or uh, are these things mostly resistant? They're all over the place. Uh, I assume that there's gonna be things that attack and eat them. Um, but you see them all over the place, and for the most part, they look pretty good.
0: Yeah, like any crop, it's not not bulletproof, so that does require uh, some routine spraying with certain uh, fungicides, especially the Leyland cypress. You may have seen them in the landscape where they start to brown up from the base, and that's a Cercospora needle blight. Now it's called Passolora needle blight, and that requires a good bit of fungicide applications uh, during certain times of the year to prevent that. Um, as far as insect pests go, there's not many that attack you know, the, the Leyland cypress. Now the Virginia pine tip moth is a big concern, uh, and, uh, but that's not too, big, not too difficult to control. What about bagworms? Bagworms, um, they can be an issue on bodies, They're not so much on the Leylands, and then Eastern Red Cedar, of course, you know, but uh, I don't know the control recommendations for those off the top of my head. I don't necessarily see that as often as uh, some of the other problems.
1: Alabama Ag Credit is a proud sponsor of the Farming Basics podcast. Buying rural property isn't the same as buying in town. If you're in the market to purchase your own piece of paradise or need an operating line for your farm, give our friends at Alabama Ag Credit a call. As the local experts in rural real estate financing, they can help you with everything from homes and lands to tractors and crops. Because sometimes natural resources need financial resources. And while some lenders don't get it, they do. Learn more by visiting alabamaagcredit.com. What are some creative ways you have seen growers add value to their farm? You said it's very much in the ag tourism sector. They're they having to come up with creative ways to make money in the off season. How how are you seeing the most creative farmers get funds throughout the season?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. The um, there's all kinds of options there. You know, you're you're really. With the Christmas trees, your crop is based off of, uh, you know, uh, basically the time between Thanksgiving and Christmas is your market, you know, so there's a lot of time you could use on the farm uh, to make money. Some folks like to pay for uh, a photographer to come out, so the farm will actually charge the photographer, and the photographer has a window of time where they can use props and take family photos and whatnot. You know, a lot of the farms uh, will, you know, are diverse, diversified, and so they may have, you know, a pumpkin patch or corn mazes. Uh, and during Christmas, they have a lot of games, uh, things to kind of draw in, you know, the crowd they're looking for, which is families with small children. So they have petting zoos or Santa Claus where they could take photos with. Um, like I said, games. Uh, they'll maybe have food trucks out there, hot chocolate. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of different opportunities to make money on that farm uh, or you know during christmas also uh outside from just christmas trees
2: so i'm a christmas tree grower i'm a beginning christmas tree grower i haven't put plants in the ground i want to grow christmas trees i'm going to grow christmas trees can i just go out there and plant 5 acres what's what's the bottom limit maybe and the top limit for a beginning grower I mean, can can you go out there and have a successful Christmas tree farm, a choosing cut with one acre of Christmas trees, or are you going to run out of trees pretty quickly?
0: I don't really know what the top and bottom end is. You know, it just kind of depends on what your goal is. So you could fit, you know, 600 or 700 trees per acre, somewhere in that thing. And so, you know, you kind of have to know... How many clients would be coming? You know, you really want to be not too far from sort of an urban area um, where you have a, uh, you know, a nice population or dense population. Um, But so you don't want to be too far from that. But you need you need enough acreage to cover cover whatever customer base you have. You know, so uh, yeah, you definitely want a staggered production. So you don't want to plant your whole place at one time because you'll have way too many trees uh, available at once and it can get too big eventually but now uh, so like I don't know what the bottom is. I would say uh, most of our farms range from anywhere from 5 to, to 30 acres of actual production and so uh, you know some people are doing it on the side and they may be a little bit on the they may have day jobs and may do it a little bit you know on the uh, weekends and uh, after work and they're probably you know with the 5 to 10 acre range there uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's, I as far as planting goes, um, yeah, you really need to do a lot of planning before you put any plants in the ground. And I would highly recommend uh, joining the Southern Christmas Tree Association. So the SCTA, it's a multi-state uh, association made up of Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. It's, it's the best money you could spend. Everybody in the association is super nice, and they're very accommodating. They want you to be successful. There's very little competition, so everybody's very open with uh, information. They have a great Facebook growers page where they share ideas and answer questions. And they also have a workshop in the spring uh, that's grower-led where they'll have a field day and then you can try out equipment and they'll show you how to plant, to shear, all that. That is just the best money you could spend as far as experience goes before you even put a plant in the ground. There's things you gotta consider. You gotta consider you know traffic flow. You know how are you going to move vehicles in and out? Do you have uh, where they're going to park? You know, do you want gravel? Can you use grass um, fencing? You know, um, if you're going to have a shop, where is it going to be located? Or your your barns to hold your equipment? You know, that, those are things you got to kind of take into consideration. And then timing, you really need to be planning about a year in advance because you got to get access to the to the trees, the liners, or whatever you're gonna be planting in the field. And most often, that's gonna be a one gallon plant. You know, So you probably need to talk to the supplier you know, six to eight months in advance to make sure those are available. That just is some sort of planning you need to do in advance.
2: Jeremy, I've been to one of these uh, conferences or uh, meetings with the association, and I kept hearing all this talk about flocking and things like that. What exactly is flocking? Some growers do it, other grows, growers don't do it. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you know about Christmas tree flocking?
0: You're painting on or blowing on a material. I don't know what it's made out of, but it makes the tree look like it's been uh, snowed on. Not a lot of people do it. There's a certain percentage of the clients that want that. If I had to guess, it would be not many, probably under uh, 10%. Uh, And most of the farms will offer that. But if you want it done, you probably better call the farm in advance and make sure they do it.
2: All right, Jeremy, what is some good advice you could give to new growers or people just starting out in the Christmas tree business?
0: A lot of folks will plant their trees too deep. That's a problem I've seen. And not just in Christmas trees, it could be blueberries and pecans, but it's not a tomato plant. We all plant our tomatoes deep, you know, and it responds well to that. But the Christmas trees, they do not. Uh, they'll live planted too deep, but. Um, Every once in a while, the stars line just right. You get too much rain, and you start seeing major problems, especially if you have storms and high winds. They don't have those buttress roots to kind of support them from the wind, and so they sway back and forth, and eventually can kind of uh, lean over. So planting them at the right depth, and, you know, you could ask what is the right depth. And I was always taught that you look for the very first root coming off that trunk or crown, and that's where you should aim for your grade to be. And so for some of these potted plants, which we'd be using for Christmas tree liners, I like to take, they're grown in pine bark, so you can easily just kind of brush it back till you find that first root that's connected to the to the trunk and, and kind of make that your target for the grade of the plant, to at least match the grade there. Other things that I would definitely go with at least a gallon size uh, transplant. You know, some people try to save some money, you save a couple of bucks using the four inch pot, but that could add a whole other year to production. And so the savings is really going to cost you because adding a whole another year means that's another year of grass you're going to have to cut, herbicide you're going to have to spray, and um, just general headaches. So the faster you can turn over the crop, the better. So using a larger transplant can sh- uh, really shave some of that production time off. So those are a couple of things that right out the gate, you know, uh, I think I would make sure I did.
1: So I'm seeing fertilizer prices go up, uh, everything is going up. Is that true for the uh, Christmas tree industry as well?
0: Yeah, it is. And I don't know how big of an impact that is, but I know, you know, a lot of our herbicides and other chemicals, fertilizer, they all went up, you know, maybe more than 30%. And uh, so you, you know, just like everything, you know, the growers may or may not increase their prices, but if they do, it shouldn't be that much. The the real Christmas tree board which represents most of the Christmas tree growers in the whole nation did a recent survey and about 70% of the respondents indicated that they would be increasing prices, but only anywhere from just 5 to 15%. So not not too big of a deal, but uh, everybody's got to at least cover their costs. And so that's something you could uh, probably, you may, you may see this year, maybe not. It just depends on the grower.
2: Earlier, you mentioned that there was like over 300 growers in the state. How does that compare to today? How many growers do we have out there?
0: I don't have an exact number, but I would guess somewhere between 20 and 30 uh, growers. Uh, you know, More and more every year are, are joining the association, at least that's how I know we get new growers. But um, yeah, I'd say anywhere from 20 to 30 right now. Uh, and I don't know the total acreage of that, but um, and if you wanted to find out if there was a farm near you, if you to visit uh, uh, this season, uh, you can go to the SCTA website or uh, you could also just go to any social media platform because that's what these guys use for marketing. It's been a major tool of theirs and they use Facebook predominantly. So you can type in the area you're in, Christmas trees, and I guarantee you whatever farms near you will come up. Thank
1: you so much for joining us and telling us about Christmas trees today. I know your big focus is on greenhouses and a lot of controlled environment, agriculture. Um, The nursery industry is growing, especially here in Mobile where we're at, and you've been right there with us the whole time, so I can't wait to have you back on to talk about that side of things, too. So thanks again for coming on.
0: This has been a production of Alabama Extension at Auburn University.